What is going on in the city of Hong Kong? The city of 7.4 million people is in the grip of a surge of Omicron that has strained its healthcare system. Hospitals have reached maximum capacity. Coffins are running out. Mortuaries are so full of bodies. They have to be temporarily stored in refrigerated containers. There are scenes that we have not witnessed since the beginning of the pandemic. Now, the vast majority of Hong Kong's vulnerable population remains unvaccinated. And recently, a series of tweets and graphs from an article from the Financial Times has made a lot of news and has had a lot of people sit up and take notice of what's happening in Hong Kong. Oliver Barnes is a health and science reporter with the Financial Times based in London, England. Welcome to the program, Oliver. Thanks for having me. All right. What's going on in Hong Kong? What's driving the high death rate? Well, I think for, for most pe- people looking on, on the pandemic, Hong Kong has uh, you know, spent most of the past two years as being a success story, a remarkable success story. Um, they've had you know, very few cases and life has practically been normal there. But in the last few months, they've found it almost impossible to contain Omicron and not just Omicron, but specifically the new uh, substrain of Omicron, BA2 which is very, very, very infectious. And, uh, and consequently, the, the, the Hong Kong authorities' zero COVID policy, which has given them so much success over the past few months, is now being stretched and strained. And Omicron is spreading fast in Hong Kong. And worryingly for the authorities, it's spreading amongst quite an under-vaccinated population. So whereas you look at a country like the UK or Canada, where we've been hit by several waves, and that's jolted people particularly older people, into getting vaccinated to protect themselves. Hong Kong hasn't been hit by a wave until now. And they're now being hit by Omicron, the most infectious variant we've had. And it's coming up against uh, a population of uh, over 60s, the most vulnerable groups to severe COVID, who have very, very low vaccination rates. And that's saddling a huge amount of pressure on the health system. And that's why we've seen these kind of shocking images from the past few weeks of uh, hospital wards in Hong Kong, where patients, um, you know, are in bed next to body bags. How much of a factor here is the fact that uh, it was Sinovac, the uh, Chinese-made vaccine vaccine that was used largely in Hong Kong and its efficacy against Omicron? It's, it, that's part of the picture. So if you take the over 80s in Hong Kong, when the Omicron wave started in early February, 65% of over 80s were not vaccinated. And a big part of this is because they didn't have this imminent threat that an over 80, you know, in England, where we've had all these waves might have. But of those remaining, you know, um, 35% or so who were vaccinated, they were vaccinated with the Sinovac um, vaccine. And as you say, this is less efficacious against Omicron. So in effect, Hong Kong has kind of two Achilles heels. Number one, it's large number of unvaccinated people. But then also, number two, that the vast majority of older people who were vaccinated were vaccinated with Sinovac, which out of the whole portfolio of vaccines we have, everything from Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Moderna, Sinovac in most of the trials has generally proven to be the least effective against Omicron. And I think both of those um, Achilles heels kind of combine to, to lead to the situation where it's had such astronomically high death rates. I mean, just to give it as a kind of global comparison, Hong Kong has had the highest daily death toll um, as a rate of its population per million than any country throughout the whole of the pandemic. 
I'm speaking with Oliver Barnes, who's a health and science reporter with the Financial Times based in London, England. Is there a cautionary tale here for mainland China? We have seen outbreaks. We have seen lockdowns in some regions already. I think there is. Um, of course, so much of Hong Kong's you know, dynamic zero COVID policy is, is dictated with maintaining links with the with the mainland. And, you know, despite both of them still pursuing zero COVID, they're definitely not at zero COVID at the moment. Mainland China's in a slightly better position than Hong Kong in that it has higher vaccination rates amongst the most vulnerable groups. So I cited that number of at the beginning of the Omicron wave in Hong Kong, there were 65% over 80s who are vaccinated. In mainland China, that figure is around 40%. So there's few unvaccinated people. But again, they're presented by that same issue. They've used the Sinovac vaccine. And so of those uh, vulnerable older groups that have been vaccinated and have managed to get, you know, China's top line headline vaccination figure above 80%, the vast majority of them have used Sinovac, the Chinese manufactured vaccine. And that is going to pose an issue because the protection it presents against severe disease from Omicron is a long way from the protection provided by Pfizer and Moderna, which has allowed you know, Europe and North America to avoid, well, apart from the US, to avoid you know, huge um, surges in hospitalizations because of the wave over winter. Um, and in many ways, what's gonna unfold in, in China over the next few months, I think is gonna end up as a test for whether suppression and elimination is possible because the kind of lockdown that the CCP can do in China is so much more intense than anything we could fathom um, in, in, you know, in, the, in, in North America and Europe. So they will put every effort as they have in a number of cities already to suppress this. And we will see if this can be suppressed because Omicron is so phenomenally infectious. I suspect that even with the very stringent social distancing measures, the Chinese um, government bring in, they may struggle to suppress this. And of course, the implications for the global economy in terms of the supply chains that run from China to all over the world, and we all rely on for so many products and parts of our lives, are going to be strained as a result of that. Oliver, thank you so much for your time today. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. Oliver Barnes is the health and science reporter with the Financial Times in London, England.